morning. It is Monday the 1st of February. I am Ben O'Leary here for Marcus today to have a bit of a look at the week ahead with you all as we always do on a Monday. And this morning to kick off the month we are down 47 points. We were down as much as 95 early but we've seen just a little bounce. However it is still a sloppy start to the week. All sectors outside of consumer staples are in the red. Energy and tech are the worst hit with losses of around 2.5% apiece. And Wallis is far and away the worst performer of the big stuff, down 14% on an obviously disappointing business impact update that put half-year underlying EBITDA in the range of 200 to 210 million. Now on Friday night over in the US, the Dow, the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 all fell around 2% with volatility up again and company results once again overshadowed by the Reddit short squeeze drama. The likes of Visa, Honeywell, Caterpillar and Chevron all closed lower after reporting, but it was once again the meme stocks led by GameStop up 67.9% and AMC Entertainment up 53.7% that flew out the gates and controlled the day's headlines. Marcus wrote an article explaining what it all means last week. That article is titled, Why Has GameStop Gone Up? An explanation, you can find it on our website, and it's well worth a read if you missed it. Henry too has a great piece in his take today, leaning on his MacBank days to give an insight into just how and why a hedge fund might get itself into a short squeeze pickle like we're seeing over in the US at the moment. So of course, you can find that in the Henry's takes section on the website. And an interesting little development in this whole saga over the last few sessions is the limiting and forcing of trades by some of these US platforms like Robinhood, with the excuse being positions were of unreasonable risk. There's a couple of screenshots that are doing the rounds on social media over the last couple of days that I've included in the strategy piece today, just showing the messages that these accounts are receiving. The forced sales and blocks came into effect on Robinhood and similar brokers on Thursday, and surprise, surprise, GME fell 44% and AMC dropped 56%. With a rise on Friday, it looks as though the punters have found somewhere else to put their money. And while unreasonable risk is probably a fair assessment of the situation, it's still not really the platform's place to make judgment on their users' risk tolerance or forced trades, particularly on those long positions where it is theoretically only the user's capital at risk. Plus, it isn't news to the Reddit army who are out for hedge fund blood over making money. They know it's a bubble, they know it'll pop, we all do. The question is whether it's today, tomorrow, in a week or a month, and just how much damage can be done to a couple of hedge funds in the process. Whether you think it's entertaining or terrifying, for the moment it is mostly a US issue that we can watch fairly safely from the sidelines. The volatility spike in the US dwarfs the little tick up in our local volatility, and outside of GME resources, which moved from 6.5 cents to 13 cents over a couple of days, on nothing more than sharing the GME ticker code with GameStop and a few little jumps on some of our highly shorted stocks like Tassel Group and Zip, we haven't seen any major logic-defying moves in our local market. The extra volatility is spurring a little bit of profit-taking over in the US, some of it forced in order to cover short positions in certain funds, and that naturally is flowing into our market a little, and we are down about 3.5% since Wednesday last week. Now, the increased volatility isn't a great sign for our quiet bull market thesis in the short term. And while there doesn't appear to be a catalyst for any major correction present, Marcus wrote about this last week at length, we still might just look to start adding a little bit more cash as we approach results season, if for nothing more than to give us the option to buy a few things back on the cheap, should we see a bit of a pullback or some specific results weakness. 
Now that is probably enough about that, so let's move on to the week ahead, where focus is likely to stay on those US dramas with a lack of major market events happening locally outside of the RBA meeting on Tuesday. Nothing drastic is expected to come from that meeting. There is a little bit of chatter of an extended bond buying program, but ultimately we will follow the path laid out by the global leaders. US results season continues this week with a number of big names set to report in the coming days. Google tonight and Tesla, Pfizer, ExxonMobil and Gilead Sciences tomorrow headline the names reporting this week but there are plenty of big ones. While on the local corporate calendar, we see a bit of the calm before the storm with our results season kicking off next week. This week, we see a quiet start to the calendar with nothing scheduled today. Virgin Money UK kicks things off tomorrow with their first quarter update. BWP follows with their results and AGM on Wednesday. Thursday, we get an insight into just how well the specialty retailers have been holding up when Pinnacle and Nick Scarly report their half-year results. And I have a little excerpt from Friday's sector charts, which pretty much sums up what we're expecting from the retail sector, which essentially is that the confession season upgrades have kept the sector on all-time highs. Results are going to need to be good to hold the sector at these levels, but they probably will be. There are huge margins in many of the companies, with manufacturing done in China and the selling done in Aussie dollars. So with the Aussie dollar sitting where it is and continued stimulus payments putting money in the pockets of consumers, that should mean that many of these specialty retailers have seen their best six months in history and we expect their results will show that. Cautious outlooks could dull the enthusiasm and are the main risk for the sector, but they're still not expensive despite the rally because they are just that profitable. Now to finish the week, we'll see half yearly results from REA Group, second quarter results from News Corp and fourth quarter results from Janice Henderson all on Friday. As mentioned, local results season properly kicks off next week with Combank on Wednesday and CSL on Friday, the headlines, though there are plenty of big names in there. You can find the full calendar on the website, of course. On the ex-dividend calendar, we have no major players going X this week. Expect this calendar to start beefing up a bit over the next couple of weeks as results season rolls through and companies declare their dividend payments. And finally, on the economic front, there is plenty happening to kick off the new month. Locally, we have the AI Group Manufacturing Index, ANZ Job Ads, Market Manufacturing PMI, TDMI Inflation Gauge, and Home Loan Numbers all out today. Then we have the main event of the week tomorrow in the form of the RBA interest rate decision. Wednesday, we'll see the market services PMI and building permits. Thursday, we have balance of trade. And on Friday, we will see the AI Group Services Index, the RBA statement on monetary policy and retail sales. Over in the US, they have market manufacturing PMI, ISM manufacturing new orders, construction spending and total vehicle sales out tonight. Economic optimism tomorrow, ADP employment change, services PMI, and ISM non-manufacturing business activity on Wednesday, initial jobless claims, unit labor costs, non-farm productivity, continuing jobless claims, ISM New York index, and factory orders on Thursday, and finally balance of trade, non-farm payrolls, unemployment change, and consumer credit change on Friday. China has just the two economic releases this week, with manufacturing PMI out today and services PMI on Wednesday. Similarly, Japan has manufacturing PMI out today, services PMI on Wednesday, and household spending on Friday. The Eurozone has its unemployment numbers out tonight, alongside the market manufacturing PMI, followed by GDP growth rate tomorrow, services PMI, flash inflation rate, and PPI on Wednesday. 
Construction PMI and retail sales then close out their week on Thursday, while the UK has a few numbers through the week, with the only real notable one being the Bank of England interest rate decision on Thursday night. Outside of that, they have mortgage lending and manufacturing PMI out tonight, services PMI on Wednesday, new car sales on Thursday, and the Halifax House Price Index on Friday. And finally, on the Marcus Today media front this week, we have Marcus and Henry sharing the duties on ABC Radio 774 about 10.25 each morning in Melbourne. Marcus will be back with his strategy piece and podcast Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We will have the revamped sector charts back on Friday. Chris will be on Ausbiz in his normal slot on Friday morning. Henry will make an appearance on Ausbiz Thursday at midday with Adam Dawes. And Ask Analyst is back after a one-week hiatus. It's, of course, in its new webinar format, so you will need to register or risk missing out. You'll be able to find the sign-up link in Henry's take and in our emails a bit later in the week. So that's it from me. Good luck this week, and I'll catch you later.